So I'm just going to talk quite briefly tonight. Some of you are still being ministered to. There's lots of rain out there tonight. Lots of rain. It's good, isn't it? I love the rain. I love the rain when I'm dressed for it. I love snow when I'm dressed for it. I love the sun when I'm dressed for it. It's awesome, right? Who came dressed for the rain? Nah? Who came dressed for warm weather? I don't see any bikinis in here, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> but what are you wearing? Look at your neighbour and ask them, what are you wearing tonight? If you haven't introduced yourself already. <laughs> All right, keep the clothes on, Joss. <laughs> tonight I want to speak on there's no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate clothing. I did actually have a wee slide there. I don't think it made it. But, <laughs> see, the thing is, in New Zealand, we live on an island, and uh, the weather's very changeable. In Dutch, they've got a beautiful word for it. They call it visselfallach. Visselfallach. We can say visselfallach. <laughs> oh, not bad. What do you reckon? I reckon we'll give them a thumbs up for that. Visselfallach means it's just very, very changeable. And we can have crazy weather. When we have international guests come, we always say, be prepared for, to have four seasons in one day. And make sure you've got, you know, extra stuff to, to, to bring along. I remember one year we even had snow on Christmas Day. Were any of you alive then? <laughs> I think it was like in the late 70s or something, 1979, so maybe not. Maybe not you, Lucy, but that's all good. <laughs> oh, you're from Southland. Oh, okay. Of course, lots of good things come out of Southland. Yeah, but we, the thing is we learn to dress for the season, right? We learn to dress for the season that we're in. And we're all in... We all go through different seasons of life in different places with different weather. And it's like right now, it's summer, and I'm used to summer, and I was really like loath to drag out my boots because it's like, oh no, that's the beginning of the end. <laughs> but I love summer. I love running around and not very many clothes and bare feet and just, you know, being grounded and I love it. And, um, but, you know, it's, it's not the season that we always stay in. And many years ago, I uh, went to the, to the Netherlands, and I arrived there in the spring. And in the Netherlands, apparently, it's a big thing for everybody to have boots. Well, I'd never, I'd never actually owned a pair of boots. And some lovely person gave me money to buy a pair of boots. So I b bought a beautiful pair of 
Italian soft leather boots and the, the leather around the, the ankle was all punched through so it was like see-through, it was awesome and I wore them and I wore them and I wore them even though because like in Holland it's, you often need boots. Um, so I had them in the spring, I wore them all through the spring and then I wore them all through the summer and then I wore them through the autumn and I started to notice something because they weren't really very protected and they were only ankle boots and they were no longer fitting the purpose. And I started to get wet feet. <laughs> and as we went into the winter, I realized I needed something that was gonna come up to my knee and be waterproof and actually keep my feet dry. But I still loved those boots. But that's the same with us in life. There's times that we go through life and we have something that fits a purpose. But when we're in a different season, that purpose changes and those shoes no longer fit. Are you with me? What are you wearing? Maybe you've still got clothing on from the past from a different season, but your season has changed and maybe it requires a different kind of attire, a different kind of clothing that will allow you to enjoy the season that you're in. Maybe it's short boots, maybe it's long boots, but maybe it's just different to what you've got on right now. Knowing and understanding the season that you're in is really, really important. I talked to somebody today and they were talking about running fast. But they're a parent with young, young child and it's like, you know, in the Bible it says in that season, you don't have to run that fast. It says he gently leads those that are with young. So in the season... When you're, when you're running fast, it's not the season, you know, when you've got young children necessarily, right? <laughs> know the season. Understand the season that you're in. What season are you in right now? Do you know what season you're in? See, when King David was gathering an army together at Hebron, he distinguished the sons of Issachar. Now, from the ranks because of the unusual gift to discern the times. And their understanding was made known to the king that the sons knew what Israel ought to do. And the gift of discernment is valuable in times of uncertainty. Of Issachar, in Chronicles it says, men who had understanding of the times. Now, funnily enough, Bronco came to me this morning as we were leaving church and he, he gave me a, a word which said God wanted to increase, increase my sight, increase my discernment. I go like, oh, I'm actually talking about that tonight. Um, so how encouraging was that? Wherever you are, Bronco, thanks. Um, but sometimes we can get so caught up in the enjoyment of the season that we've been in that we can't actually identify that where things have moved on. And things that served us in a past season no longer is useful for us. 
for a lot of us, you know, that can be things, behaviours that we've had that have perhaps protected us in seasons of the past. But those same protective behaviours that have kept us safe in another season actually can prevent us from moving forward into a new season and can actually become a barrier to us receiving from other people, from God, in that new season. Are there things from past seasons that no longer serve you well in this new season? Most of you probably have heard that Gideon and I have been on a journey in the last, well, really since the beginning of January, really, hasn't it? And we as a church looked at uh, 21 days of prayer and worship focus. And as part of that, we decided that we were going to kind of add a dimension of creating some space for God. Now, what we did in that time was not so much fasting, but we did, but it was really more what we started to add in to our life that we hadn't had. And so like from the 8th of January, pretty much, we made all these changes. We started making all these changes. One of the changes that we made was, and I, I, I've, you know, I've sort of mentioned to a few people, you've, you've probably heard this story, but... I have had a lifetime of being an utter, complete night owl. Who, who are the night owls here? Come on. Who are the larks? Who are the morning people? Not me. Barely these days. <laughs> but me, I was, I was definitely a night person. You know, uh, when we first got married, Gideon would, would get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and he'd put his worship and praise music on and start jumping around in his t-shirts with the head integrity music on them and start praising the Lord. And I would say to him, it says in Proverbs that he who calls out with a loud voice in the morning, his friend shall take it as a curse. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Check it out. Um, but then you see, 10 o'clock would come and he'd want to go to bed and you know, especially in those early days, it was like, well, it was snuggle time. <laughs> and 10 o'clock, oh. <laughs> yeah, I can say these things, my kids aren't here. <laughs> so 10 o'clock would come and I would just like, I'm a bit of a creative, right? And that would be my time to start playing the piano. And because that was my habit. I developed that as a teenager. I had a room behind the garage and my piano was there and I could play the piano to all hours of the day and night. And usually it was early hours in the morning that I would, you know, play four or five hours. I loved it. And then when I got married, I couldn't do that because he wanted to go to sleep or something else. <laughs> This is after we got married. <laughs> um, but that has no longer served us because as a married couple and as leaders in this church, we were struggling 
to find time to have significant time with God to press in. So the only way we could do it is actually turn our schedule completely upside down. And so we made this agreement together that at 10.30 we would go to bed, 11 o'clock would be lights out. Oh, that was torture. (laughs) Utter torture for me. And then we would get up early in the morning, which Gideon's been very impressively doing. Um, I'm I'm impressed, Gideon. So we... (laughs) So we made this change, right? And like, to, to be fair, the first three, four, five weeks, we would be like, at 11 o'clock, the light's gone out, we'd just be lying there and go like. we Stop heckling. <laughs> we, would, we would be just kind of lying there and just think like, you stop thinking, I can hear it. You know, um, but anyway, we have persevered, we have completely persevered, and we're still doing it. But it's broken, it, it's honestly been a habit of a lifetime for me, and I'm 60 now. But that no longer served me to go to bed late because then I can't function during the day. So I've taken off that coat and put it on, put on a new one. The other thing that I've been a slave to is watching the news at 6 p.m. I was talking to somebody else, and they were saying, yeah, they grew up with it at 6 o'clock. You have your, you have your dinner. This is before my sky and all those other fancy things. You do, you do dinner, you do the dishes, 6 o'clock, you sit down, you watch the news. Religiously, you do not miss the news. Well, we didn't watch the news from the 8th of January until last week when, with the floods. We wanted to see what was happening with the floods. Do you know what? We didn't miss it. We didn't miss it at all. In fact, I think our mental and emotional health has been a hang of a lot better because of it. And of course, again, our kids have been telling us, <laughs> thank you, Jonathan, our kids have been telling us this <laughs> for years, but that no longer served us. We've come into a new season, a new season that I'm very excited about, and I believe that God has got really amazing stuff for us in in store. Amazing stuff. I don't want to miss out on what God has got for me by taking on the, by still carrying on the clothes of the past, of the past season. I want to get rid of them, and I want to put on the clothes for the new season. See, I believe God has got so much more for us. And it's going to call for different responses to what we've done in the past. And Romans is talking about living in the light. And it says, to live like this is all the more urgent, for time is running out, and you know it is a strategic hour in human history. It's time for us to wake up. For our full salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Night's darkness is dissolving away as a new day of destiny dawns. So we must once and for all strip away what is done in the shadows of darkness, removing it like filthy clothes. And once and for all, we clothe ourselves with the radiance of light as our weapon. 
We must live honorably, surrounded by the light of this new day, not in the darkness of drunkenness and debauchery, not in promiscuity and sensuality, not being argumentative or jealous of others. Instead, fully immerse yourselves into the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't waste even a moment's thought on your former identity to awaken its selfish desires. You know, uh, Valentine's Day, Gideon wanted to be very kind to me and spoil me, and he took me out for dinner and and a movie. And I, I, I'm not a rom-com kind of girl. I'm more of an action kind of girl. <laughs> and so we went to a kind of this action movie. I can't even remember what it was called. And we got halfway through the movie, and, and it just like, bleh. It felt like dried wheat bix in our mouth. And we didn't say this to each other because we didn't want to ruin the date, but we both actually felt like leaving because it's just just like, this just feels like a cheap imitation of what it actually is to enjoy life together. I never thought I'd think that. I always used to think people who made those kind of comments were a bit square, really. Um... But as we had fasted all of that rubbish, when we got the authentic stuff, it all just felt like counterfeit. And it felt cheap and nasty and like we were cheated out of a couple of hours that we could have probably used doing something much better, quite honestly, on Valentine's Day. We started this year with a word. The page is turning. See, I believe God is taking us into a new time with him. Some of the old stuff we have put off and put on instead our robes of righteousness and we learn to walk in the light. The page is turning and I've read this before. It's not just the turning from 2022 to 2023, but much bigger than that. I sense God turning the page, giving us new opportunity. God is wanting to bring renewal in every area we felt stuck in. God is bringing a new day, a new time, new opportunities, renewed strength, and new hope for the future. He's wanting to bring a new alignment into his purposes in our lives as we leave the past frustrations and disappointments behind and fully yield and surrender to him. Fully yield and surrender to him. We don't need to walk in fear. We are in the world, but we are not of this world. We live out of a kingdom paradigm, not an earthly mindset. In Ephesians, it says, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Then further down, so be very careful how you live. Do not live like people who aren't wise. Live like people who are wise. 
Make the most of every opportunity. The days are evil, so don't be foolish. Instead, understand what the Lord wants for your life. Because the thing is, when I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. See, the time is coming when we no longer see our lives as our own and do as we please, but daily acknowledge Christ owns us and has sent a sovereign spirit to guide and train us. And we do as he pleases. The time is coming when we no longer live by our culture's frivolous, temporary standards, but by the enduring New Testament standards of his righteousness. The time is coming when our faith in God's word is so strong that contradictions can't make us doubt it and corroborations won't increase our insurance that is true. The time is coming where our unsatisfying love of fear with this world's idols and infatuations will end. And the love of God and God alone will fill our hearts, inspire our minds, motivate our living, and inspire our worship. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have an assignment. What is your assignment for this season? Romans 8, 14 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? I want to remind you that God is for us. He is for you. You may have come up against negativity or negativity from people around you or the environment around you, but this scripture reminds it that God is for us. Often we don't step out in faith and do the things that God has called us to do because we limit ourselves to the words of negativity that may have been spoken over us in the past. I've told this story before many times, but it's one of the reasons it took me till I was well in my 40s before I ever went to university. I was told I was not university material. Not now, not ever. And that was by a Christian principal. <laughs> be careful what you speak over people. Be really careful. Because that kept me bound for 20 years. And then when I finally did go to university, I found out that I wasn't dumb. What words have been spoken over your life that's kept you trapped in negativity and is preventing you from moving forward into your new assignment. Those words might have been from a teacher or a parent, which is completely difficult. Or a friend saying stuff like, we're not smart enough, we're not talented enough, we're not gifted enough. Perhaps our own mind places limitations on us. I know for myself, my mind has been my biggest battlefield. I have to, I have to tell my, my brain sometimes to sit down and just be quiet. <laughs> I recommend it. Speak to yourself. David did it in the Bible. He said, 
Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord. If you've got problems with a busy brain, and I know many of us have, learn to take captive those thoughts and just say, stop. Stop. Just stop. Stop ruminating. Stop replaying tapes from 10 years ago, from last week, from 20 years ago. There's some older people here, maybe 50 years ago. Stop replaying them. Take those thoughts captive and bring them into alignment with what God says about you. But I want to remind you today that God has a plan and purpose for you. And if God is for you, then who can be against you? See, the thing is, we all are given assignments. Every single one of us. My assignment's not the same as Gideon's. Thankfully. Your assignment's not the same as mine. Everybody has a unique assignment. But we want to fulfill those assignments because they're given by God. Nothing can thwart the plan and purpose of God for your life. So today I want to encourage you, stop stepping back in fear and step out in faith. Step out in faith. What's it saying? Oh, but what if I fall? Oh, but what if you fly? What if you fly? Do the thing that God has called you to do because your God is for you and he is for you. No one or nothing can be against you. I'm going to finish with a bit of a challenge. What are you wearing tonight? What changes do you need to make for this new season? What are you prepared to surrender? Put on the coat rack. <laughs> Put in the child cancer box. <laughs> what behaviours and sayings and old ways of doing things, what do you need to step away from that is not producing good fruit anymore? And what about the new? What is God asking you to put on? What is He asking you to pick up, step into, develop, to grow into? We're going to come around the communion table now. And as we do, we just remember that this is the place of the great exchange. It's the great exchange where Jesus gave His life that we might have relationship with Him. It also releases the power for us to live a life of righteousness. We don't have to wear those filthy rags anymore. We get to put on the robes of righteousness. And that's not a righteousness of ourself, but of God. So I'm gonna invite you up now and uh, to partake in communion. And then as we do that, we're gonna continue on with worship. But just let me pray. Father, I just ask that as you've spoken to us about changing seasons, page turning, shift happens, and all the other metaphors, Lord, we just want to embrace 
the new. We want to embrace what you have for us in the future. We want to let go of the past and we want to move forward with hope and faith and love in your mighty name.